in the hobby. It's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking that we could pull, I don't know, Hall of Famer. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com. The only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy slab packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. There is nothing more fun than opening an Arena Club slab pack. I mean, it is so much better than any mystery pack that I've ever purchased because there is a focus on transparency. There is a display of available cards. There are hit rates you can get. When you're graded, you're given a rationale. It is the marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, and displaying. Arena Club Slab Packs are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your pulls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling. You can have them officially graded by Arena Club. The Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent, with a full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. Whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform you have to check out. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash badmoney. Wow, that's a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack, that's $40 right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash badmoney for 10% off your first purchase. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello and welcome to Bad With Money, a show about finances and feelings where we don't talk down to you. I'm your host, Gabe S. Dunn, and I am here today with Monique White. Can you explain to my audience who you are and what you do? Yes. So my name is Monique and I'm the head of community at Self Financial. We're a credit building platform that's on a mission to help people build credit. So can you explain what building credit is? Yeah. So essentially you need credit for a lot of things, right? So renting an apartment, buying a car, purchasing a home, and based off your payment history and how you manage debt and money, you are given a score. And so because of that 
you know, that score that you have, you have the ability to finance certain things. So building credit is really important, not only for long term wealth building, like purchasing a house, but even for everyday essentials like insurance premiums. They'll take a look at your credit report, opening up a phone bill. Depending on your score, you might have to put a certain deposit down. So everything is pretty much based off of a credit system and your payment history and how well you can pay money back. How early can you like start building credit? Because I think this is very mysterious to people. So this show is a lot about 101. So I would love to like get into the 101 of it, if you don't mind. Yeah. So there's a wrong and a right answer. (laughs) So a lot of parents can add their dependents, their under 18 children to their credit so that they can start building credit. Now, on your own personal journey, it's typically around 18 years old when you're starting your adult journey is when you typically start building credit. So I, I remember I was 18 my freshman year of college and they had credit card booths lined up all over the campus. And I opened up so many cards and or I opened up a credit card no. and completely mismanaged that card. I even had student loans. I wasn't necessarily aware of the long-term impact it would have on my score or just what I was truly responsible for when it came to paying that back. So it wasn't until I was 22 and I went to go apply for an auto loan and I was just straight up denied. I had never looked at my credit report, never cared about a credit score. I really didn't know that I needed credit until I needed credit. So the the right answer is people usually start, you know, when they're adults at 18, but you can start building your kids credit if you do add them as an authorized user to your credit card. Whoa. So, right. So there are responsible parents who open the, it up in their kid's name and then the kid has like a whole bunch of credit built up, you know, as, assuming the parents are responsible. Exactly. You know, it, I, I get the theory of it, right? The idea is you want to set your children up for success, but sometimes it can be a little tricky because you never just know how your finances will go. So if you are responsible with credit and you're able to pay it back in a timely manner, then that's a great way for you to introduce your children to credit. So, okay. So let's talk about these booths at, at schools, because that I think is kind of the next time you get hit with it. Right. So like, are, are they just allowed to like go to college campuses and set up a booth and try to get people to sign up for credit cards? I haven't seen that practice in a very long time. Okay. I think that's something that's not allowed anymore. And financial institutions have to be very careful about that. But yeah, I started college in 2006 mm-hmm. and there was credit unions and banks, you know, trying to open up checking accounts. There was credit card companies saying, hey, if you sign up, you'll have this 0% introductory period. You'll have sign-on bonuses. It was so many things. And I was just 18. I wanted a credit card. I wanted some extra money. So why not? You know, and I spent it and I never really had any type of financial education. So I really did not understand the importance of credit and how to manage credit. What school did you go to? I went to Cal State East Bay. Okay. I was just curious where they were targeting. So that is very predatory. And then we're not taught what to do with credit cards or why. And then it comes off as this very extremist thing of like people saying, you know, financial gurus being like, don't have any credit cards, cut them up, freeze everything. Or people being like, you know, my my queer hero, the points guy being like, you got to use credit for points. You got to use it for points. So like it's hard to get an idea of if credit is like all good or all bad. 
What do you guys yeah. like? What do you think? I agree. There's so much information about credit and that's why people are extremely intimidated by it. And and that's what happened with me when I started my credit journey. So after I was denied my auto loan and yeah. I took a look at my credit report for the first time, there wasn't a lot of information that was easy for me to digest. Like there were, you know, there were informational articles about credit, but I'm 22. I have no idea what you're talking about. So I, I ran to YouTube and this was the time where, you know, vlogging and, and, and education and YouTube was a little bit more a place where you can get information. So I ran to YouTube and I saw people that looked like me talking about credit and I was able to get my credit one-on-ones from there. And I ha I truly advocate if you do not understand credit, just stick to the basics. Make your on-time payments, keep your credit cards low, and make sure your credit report is healthy. What goes into a credit report? What are they looking at? Yeah, so they're going to look at any trade lines that you open. So it could be credit cards, personal loans, student loans, lines of credit. Typically, utilities and rent are not reported, but that has kind of denied people access into the credit system. So the great thing about Self is that we have launched a new product, free rent reporting, where you can use your rent, which is typically your biggest payment of the month, and your utilities to actually have that reported. This is very important because Usually when you start off in your credit journey, you open up a secured credit card, right? And you have to put down hundreds of dollars. And if your budget is tight or you're really young and you're in school, you do not have that money. It took me three or four months to save up for $500 for a secured card. So to have mm -hmm. something like your rent or utilities, just an alternative way to start building credit is really big. And it's I wish it was something that was available for me when I started because it was just really hard saving up for that amount of money. So what do you mean like the to get a card like because it, it's based on timely payments and usually your most timely payment is your rent is what you're saying? Yeah. And that's not reported to the credit bureaus unless you don't pay rent. Right. And then they're going <laughs> to report that and say, hey, they didn't pay the rent. There's a judgment against them. They owe this, which is not fair. So you're telling me I paid 12 months of on-time payments and I never got credit for that. But when I don't pay it and you want to evict, evict me, now it's being reported and it's going to damage my score. And this is completely unfair. So the things that do go into it are now I, I've heard conflicting things about if student loans really matter. Do they really impact it or do they not matter yeah. as much? It does, because the biggest factor of your credit score, which is 35% of your score, is payment history. And your student loans will report each month if you make a payment. So if you're not paying on time, you're going to have that hit against you. Oh, my God. OK, so let's go back. Like what? Because we didn't have credit cards really until 70s or maybe a little bit earlier. But like it didn't really pick up until women were able to have their own credit cards probably <laughs> I now I'm thinking probably white women but so it's like you know that was there is this background to it where like certain people were able to build credit before other people and is that like that's still such an impact to this to this day yeah I agree I mean the credit system can be very hurtful or it's hard to have access to it if you're in underserved communities or you lack any type of financial education or you have financial 
financial institutions that are biased and discriminating uh-huh. you and it will not allow you to open up alone, right? Because of the color of your skin or your gender or your sexual orientation, all of those things. So that's why alternative ways to build credit, like rent reporting or a credit builder account, those type of things are really important because you can't put your foot through the door. I mean, it's so wild. I mean, I if you don't want to get personal or whatever, you don't have to if I'm overstepping. But like, you know, I think even in terms of getting a loan or something like your name being Monique and my name being Gabe are very different experiences. Right. And I mean, there are I mean, you can Google it. (laughs) There's financial institutions that are being sued right now because of discriminatory practices, because People are saying, I had the income, I had the credit score, and I still wasn't getting the funding. So what was it about? And and these are the type of things that we need to keep speaking up about. The, so rent reporting is a way to sort of balance the situation. And then you talked about utilities as well. So before I joined Self, I was a financial well-being coach. So I would help people create budgets and build their credit and help them move on to the next phase of their life, which is typically starting a business or owning a home. So a lot of people, especially at the top of the year, right? New year, new me. I really want to be on top of my finances. They're extremely eager to start building credit. It's hard to do that when you do not have any extra money in your budget and everything's going towards your rent, your bills, all of the big expenses, right? So how are they supposed to build credit if they're trying to open up a credit card, but they're saying, okay, based off of your score, it's pretty low. So you have to put some type of cash collateral against it. It's usually about two to $500. How are they supposed to start building credit? Things are already tight. So having something that you are working very hard for, right? Everyone wants that. You might not pay your credit cards, but you're going to pay your rent, right? You need a place to live. So having something that you're working really hard for, it's your biggest expense, and you can have that reported to the credit bureaus is is very important. And it allows you to start building credit so you can start having access to all those other things like, you know, credit cards and lines of credit and personal loans. Why? Why is it a report through these bureaus and why is it out of like 800 or whatever it's out of? Yeah. So the three main credit bureaus are Experian, TransUnion and Equifax. And the highest score that you can get is is three eight fifty. The lowest is three hundred. Yeah. So that's that's the game. I always used to tell my clients like, you know, this it is what it is. Right. We want to use credit as a tool to start building wealth and be able to do the things and give you financial confidence, because if you know that your credit score is good and an emergency comes up and you have to do some type of big financing, and you're able to do that because your score is solid, that's going to instill some type of confidence in you. If you know that, hey, if an emergency comes up, I do have a credit card with a high limit, I'll be okay. You're just going to walk through life a little bit differently. Yeah. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. You guys know that I have had allergies for forever. I've had seasonal allergies since I was a kid. It causes pressure in my face, under my eyes. They're my ultimate handbrake. When my nose is plugged up, I feel like I can't do anything. I can't enjoy food because I can't taste it. I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even host the show because my voice sounds like a duck. And listen, I am already dealing with vocal strain from testosterone and my voice dropping. I don't need any more problems with allergies. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. 
Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I've been taking Claritin D for allergies like probably for the last 10 years or something, and it's been an absolute life changer. I can go outside without my eyes watering like a fountain. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped in my throat. I get really embarrassed when I'm sneezing all the time. I have like an itchy nose or throat, like ugh, like just the, the itchiness in the back of your sinuses is like so distracting and so annoying. And I get like pressure in my ears too. It's really painful. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a new candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy. It would be so much easier if I was looking for someone to help me with sweetening audio or let's say someone to run my merch shop or all the little things that go into running a podcast. Usually something like that would be so slow and overwhelming. And honestly, I wish I had used Indeed and I will use Indeed in the future. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Just go to Indeed.com slash badwithmoney right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash badwithmoney. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You can cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Everything is more expensive these days when you're running a business and you would be wise to find proven ways to cut costs and boost performance at the same time. The fact that you are able to reduce your IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud is incredible. And the ability to access your cloud financial system from anywhere saves you so much time and stress. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. netsuite.com slash badwithmoney. 
Okay, so these what are these three bureaus? Like what why are there three? What what are they? So they're Experian, TransUnion, and Equifax. Those oh, are the I just three. mean like what do they do that's different from each other? Like why why do they exist? <laughs> they exist because they're part of the credit system. So that's that is the part of the credit system. Not everything gets reported to the big three. So that's why sometimes if you check your score and it's different from a different bureau, you're like, what is going on? Sometimes trade lines don't get reported to all three. So it really just depends on the card issuer. So if you have a certain type of credit card, you can always see, hey, which credit bureaus do you report to? But that, that is the main system that they have set up in this country. And then is it the median of all of them? Like, do they, how do you know your final score? Mm -hmm. So you're going to check your score between three. So the most important score is your FICO score. That is the score that is coming from the credit bureaus. So you're going to you're going to have a different score, which it's each three bureau. And that's why it's important to check that. You can always do that with, through annualcreditreport.com. Before the pandemic, you used to only be able to check your credit report through them once a year. I know. For free. And now you can do it weekly. For free? Yes. So I think there was just a lot of economic, you know, issues going on. A lot of people were worried about their budget and how to bounce back from the pandemic. So they have allowed, you know, just a little bit more access to your credit wow. reports, which should have been in the first case. But yeah, you want to check your FICO score. You want to make sure it's through the big three bureaus and just keep in mind that each score might be a little bit different. So... For checking your report, I always heard there's like soft inquiries and hard inquiries. So what are those and when, when do they come up? Mm -hmm. So whenever you're pulling your own score for educational purposes, if you're looking at your own score, you're not going to be dinged by that. That's a soft inquiry. But whenever you are opening a trade line and you're authorizing someone to take a look at your credit report, that is called a hard inquiry. They usually ding your score about five points. And but you can get them back if you are approved and you're making on time payments, you'll get that credit back. Those do stay on your score for two years. What? OK, yeah. this is the craziest video game I've ever heard in my life. Like, this is so <laughs> this is so ridiculous. Like, so I, I find it very similar to like the IRS where it's like, right. hey, we made this thing up. We're not going <laughs> to we know the number, but we're right. not going to tell you. Right. You have to come up with the number. Right. And then we tell you if you're right. So right. it's like, hey, what we did was we built three credit bureaus. They're going to tell you different numbers. Good luck figuring it out. Also, if something's wrong, you got to write us a letter. Like, <laughs> right. Like it, what happened? OK, I get it's into so this tough. more. But what happens if there's something wrong on your credit report? Yeah. So you, this is why it's extremely important to always regularly monitor your credit report, because there could be errors on there that could be damaging your score. I remember I had a client who was a junior and their father was a senior and he had some of his father's information on oh, his credit no. report. So it's always important to check it. You can always dispute it. There are laws that, you know, are there to protect you so that everything is supposed to be reported accurately to your credit report. So you, you can dispute it with the credit bureaus or you can go back to the original lender and say, hey, something's not right. Can you make sure that's being reported? But I completely agree. I remember one time I paid off my auto loan and my score went down. So it's Explain like I that. got dinged for I got dinged for, you know, getting rid of this debt. But what happened was so a factor of your score is your credit history, how long you've had credit. So once that account closed, it it 
I know how I no longer have any of the credit I was getting for that account. So my on-time payments that stopped the the amount of time I had that account open that stopped. So yeah, there are certain things in the system that are unfair. And that's why I say tailor credit to the way that it works for you. It can be like you mentioned earlier, use credit for points and things like that. I I do the same thing, but I'm also a financial counselor. So for, for the average person, it's so tough to keep up with this type of information. So I say stick with the basics, the one-on-ones, pay on time, keep your balances low. And if you can, you know, learn more about your credit card and things like that, so you can get rewards and bonuses, that's great. But do not stress about those type of things. Yeah. I mean, when you're looking at a credit card, what what are some of the things that you should look for? I know there's all the like zero percent APR for a year and you can get like a bonus, you know, like so. But but I've been very much taken in by like reading something and being like, ooh, but not realizing that it's like you get that if you spend twenty thousand dollars. Like so what are the if you're like just starting and you want to build credit, like what type of things should you look for in the card? I would definitely go to I loved go I loved going to Nerd Wallet when I started on my credit journey and just getting like real people reviews about the credit cards and customer service is very important too because things do happen. So if you have to call and they're being jerks to you, you know, that can turn you off from the card and credit all around. So I would see what people's customer service experience is. I would make sure you're paying attention to the interest rate as well as any annual fees and just making sure the experience overall overall is something that is going to be beneficial for you because you do not want to close that card. Remember I mentioned closing my auto loan and I was dinged because I got rid of that credit history. Same thing for your card. You want to make sure, you know, when you're starting your credit journey, you're going to start getting offers as your score goes up. You're going to be very excited and you're going to want to open everything because you want, you know, access to these credit limits, but you really do have to pay attention to those type of things because you don't want to end up closing it once you're so far off into your credit journey, you're like, I have a good score. I don't need this card anymore. This was for when I opened up, you know, five years ago during my building stage. Pick a card that you know will you'll have for a long time. Just to backtrack for a second, because I mentioned writing into the credit bureau. So like when you when there is something wrong on your credit report, do you still have to write them a letter? So that is a little old school. You can just do it online now. Oh, my God. (laughs) You can do it online and make your dispute that way. So, yeah, they have definitely made it easier to dispute any errors. Okay, I'm I'm out of (laughs) I'm out of touch. So what does APR mean? Your annual percentage rate. So that's how much interest they're going to charge you if you do carry a balance. So remember, we talked about credit one on ones, keeping your balances low. The rule of thumb is that you don't want to have you don't want to exceed more than 30 percent of your available credit. So if you add up all your credit cards and your total credit limit is one thousand, you don't want to go above 30 percent, which is three hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. Once you go above that threshold, you're really going to start start seeing your score impacted. So make sure you keep that low. And aside from, you know, just wanting to maintain a high score, we interest rate, right? So you're going to be charged a certain amount of interest if you do carry a balance. So you really want to make sure you keep that low. Yeah. So, for example, there's like some cards that are like zero for a year. So you're like, if you if you have a balance for a year, you know, once, once you pay it off, you have a year to not get any interest charged. There's also... Yeah. 
So, but then sometimes you get it. And then once interest is being charged, it's like jumps up to like 14% oh, yeah. or something wild. Oh, yeah. So yeah. also, you know, for me, I had to learn there's the balance, then there's the statement balance. Mm-hmm. Then there's the, you know, like amount low minimum payment. So if you mm-hmm. pay your minimum payment, and I might be wrong, hold on. But if you pay your minimum you payment, got this. <laughs> oh, Monique, okay. <laughs> if you pay your minimum payment, you're still getting charged interest. And if you pay your statement balance, that's when you stop getting charged interest. So you're paying, yeah, you're paying interest on a statement balance. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so once you pay your statement balance, you, the int- then you don't have to, you're not paying interest on what's left. As long as you don't have, so after the statement closing date, if you used your card, you may have another balance from that right. statement date. But yeah, so if you pay it off completely, then yeah, no interest. So that's the thing. So what I... I really started caring about interest. So I set up automatic payments to pay off the statement balance every time. And then I put in my calendar the day that was going to happen. So I could know, okay, the statement balance is going to, because you don't want to get charged interest. That to me, let me see, okay, I, if I can't pay it off, at least the statement balance, don't spend that much because like that's going to over, you know, it's going to overdraft your account, overdraft your account or whatever. But also I am very tempted to close cards because I'm like, I don't even want to be, I don't even want to have this available, but just, I've been like recently, like don't close them, just cut up the card and then don't use it. Don't have it available to use, but don't close the account because I've had this bank of America account since I was 25 So that's been like a new thing too, is to make sure everything is organized in that way. And to also like not close this longstanding account just because I'm like, get freaked out and go, I can't possibly have, I need three credit cards, not four credit cards. It's not like going to change anything. I would say though, I, I love that. I had clients that did the same thing, but you do need to check with your card issuer and see what their inactivity rule is. So sometimes if you don't use a card after a certain amount of time, they'll be like, uh, where are they? And then they'll completely close the card. So it's perfectly fine to do that, but just make sure you know after how many certain months what their inactivity rule is. That makes sense. And also maybe you yeah. auto, maybe you put your phone on there. You just auto have yeah. it do your phone and you're not using the card like out and about. Yeah, I love that. Do what you have to do. That's what I'm saying. Like there's these rules, right, of finance and budgeting and all these things. But do what you have to do that works <laughs> for you. It may sound like unconventional, but, you know, this is your story. This, these are your fan- finances. This is mm-hmm. your money. So whatever works for you, I support that. Hey guys, Gabe Dunn here. I just wanted to let you guys know that I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn. And on that Patreon, I'm going to start doing live hangs with everyone who is a patron. So if you want to join the Patreon, you can get all these episodes ad free, videos of our mailbag episodes, extra writing from me, blogs, fiction, other stuff, things that I'm thinking about with regards to money and personal stories. And also now live hangs with me on Zoom once a month. So join the Patreon. And if you're not a member of the Discord, hop on over to the Discord. That's free. The link will be in the description. It's so fun. So many of you guys talk over there. It's like truly popping off. Um, And if you're on the Discord, I would love to see you in the live hang so I get to put a face to a name. 
So yeah, please join patreon.com slash Gabe S. Dunn and come hang out with me. Managing my finances is incredibly stressful and time consuming. I'm sure you guys know you've been with me on this journey. You know how many finance apps I've tried. You know how much they haven't worked for me. And I'm always on the hunt for a finance app that fits my life. And then I tried Monarch. It is so easy to use with powerful features, collaboration tools, intuitive design, personalization, constant product improvements. I really value an app that allows me to do all of this without confusion. And especially important to me is intuitive design and the ability to personalize because clearly finance is not one size fits all. Did you know that money issues are a leading cause of divorce? Monarch, the top rated personal finance app, also has built-in collaboration features so you can invite your partner at no extra cost. Together, you can see all your finances, collaborate on your budget, and get insights on your cash flow and recurring transactions. It's the easiest way to manage your household finances. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it so easy to help you reach your financial goals. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Have you been frustrated with personal finance apps that are cluttered with ads, difficult to use, rarely updated? So was Monarch. They built a new kind of personal finance app that's intuitive and powerful and ad-free and constantly improving based on customer feedback. Experience a personal finance app that prioritizes the user experience above all else. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, track progress toward financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. Unlike other personal finance apps, Monarch's simple intuitive design makes it so easy to set up, customize, and use. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Plus, there's ad-free privacy you can trust. We will never sell your data to third parties or show you ads. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash badmoney. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash badmoney for your extended 30-day free trial. I love to track progress. As you guys know from listening to this show, I'm constantly tracking my progress. What have we done so far in 2024? And spring is in full bloom. Are your finances blooming too? With the Chime Secured Credit Builder Visa Credit Card, it's easy to start building credit with everyday purchases and regular on-time payments with no annual fees or interest. And if your credit scores grow, so could your opportunities for lower rates on loans like for a car or a home. You can use it everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. That's right, you can build your credit using your own money. Get paid up to two days early with direct deposit. With a qualifying direct deposit, you can get access to your money sooner. Fee-free overdraft with SpotMe. Overdraft up to $200 without fees with SpotMe when you set up a qualified direct deposit. Just set up a qualifying direct deposit, sign up for SpotMe, and Chime will spot you up to your limit when you make a credit card purchase or cash withdrawal that exceeds your balance. Access 60,000 plus fee-free ATMs. That's more than the top three national banks combined. Easily find one near you with the Chime app. Send and receive money. Use Chime to pay anyone, Chime members or not, and cash out your money fee-free. With Chime's secure credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started at Chime.com slash badmoney. That's Chime.com slash badmoney. Chime. Feels like progress. 
The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. Members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com slash disclosures for details. And if you have like a very low credit score, when you like, how long do you think it takes, you know, a client, let's say, to go from like a 300 to something manageable, like a five or a six? So it really just depends on their starting point. Someone that has absolutely no credit, it might be a little bit faster for them to get to the score that they want, as opposed to someone that is rebuilding and has debt, right? So it really just depends on their starting point. For me personally, when I was 22 and I had my credit card, I had my old student loan payments that I just wasn't even paying on. It did take me about, I would say, six or seven months to finally get into the 600s and I was in the 400. So Mm. it does take time. I really say, you know, although you do want the, the high score, right, so that you can get these cards and these loans, focus on the health of your report and making sure you're paying down your balances, making sure you're getting rid of any errors like we've talked about earlier, making sure everything looks accurately, getting rid of collection items or any judgments. Focus on the health and that score will come. So when you talked about like having a score, you were saying it's mostly for being able to get loans or being able to start a business or get a house? Those are the main things. So you can use credit for those longer wealth building things like purchasing a house, starting a business, right? But we do need credit for even if you're not in that position. So when I went to open up my phone, they checked my credit score because depending on my score, I would have had to put a deposit down. Renting an apartment, they're going to look at your credit report, right? Based on your score, you might have to put a higher deposit down. Insurance premiums, they're looking at your score. So it's not even just for the bigger ticket items. It's for the everyday essentials that we do need as well. How do you get out from under this? This is so like we invented this. <laughs> yeah, it, it it is frustrating. And there's a lot of things that like keep me up at night. <laughs> and I'm like, sometimes I'm like, I am in this world. But this is why I started this journey, because people do not know about this. I grew when the way I grew up, I grew up in East Oakland. I wasn't taught financial education in school. My mom had me really young. You know, she wasn't taught that. And so therefore I wasn't taught that. I I learned just the basics of credit or finance, like, you know, budgeting, save a little money, like, but credit is never really in that basic financial education. And I think it needs to be a little bit more because when people enter adulthood, they're completely blindsided by the system that we have created. And there's a lot of things that are unfair, but you have to use credit as a tool and not necessarily as a way to like supplement your income, which can be really hard if your budget is tight. And if you're tight this month, but you have a thousand dollars on your credit card, you're going to use that for groceries. And then you're going to end up in this debt cycle where you pay it off and then you use it again because you're using your credit card for essentials. So it's extremely tough. And that's why financial education is extremely important. Yeah. 
So in terms of predatory practices, I'm just curious, like, you know, I think uh, in my book a long time ago, I talked a bit about like the payday loan system and like who it's kind of going after. And we talked about like college kids and like, do you, is there like a, a sort of like pattern that you see in terms of like who these institutions, like, is it on purpose? These like things that these institutions are doing, it must be to like go after like young people or black people or like a certain, you know, clientele. Yeah, I think that's why it is predatory because they know exactly who their demographic is. Right. They know exactly where to place these payday loan institutions and things like that. And we talked about the different biases in the credit system. And so they're there to fill that gap, right? Because if we can't get funding from the bank, then we have to go to these other places. So I definitely do think it's calculated, but that's why education, again, I cannot push that any harder is, you know, I was, I knew what payday loans were, but I didn't understand that they were charging 300% interest rate. So if I'm younger, right, in college, like you mentioned college kids, and I really need a little bit of money for some books or just to get some food or something, then yeah, I'm going to be tempted to use these places. How how does it work when you do a balance transfer? Like, does mm-hmm. that affect your credit score if you do a balance transfer and you try to like consolidate or, or other ways of consolidating debt? Yeah, so there are. So we ta- you mentioned the balance transfer where you would take your debt and move it and consolidate it to one credit card. You'll typically have an introductory period of 0% and they'll say, okay, for 12 to 18 months, we won't charge you any interest. Now, mm. you should only balance transfer if you know you're going to pay off that debt within that 18 months. Because what happens is people will transfer their debt to this new card, but the, those old cards are still open. Mm. So now you have this brand new card where you're paying on and then you have your old cards and you might be using those. So once the introductory period is over on your brand new card, now you're making regular you know, payments on that, getting charged interest, and you might find yourself using your old cards where you had racked up that debt in the first place. So unless you have a solid plan where you can pay off that debt in the introductory period, I wouldn't necessarily do a balance transfer. They do have a debt management plan. So that's something that I used to do. I was a certified credit coach where I would help people create a budget. And then we would negotiate their interest rates with their credit card company so that they could have lower interest rates, which in turn would help you with your minimum payment. Right. So there are different ways, but there are also predatory ways. There's, you know, these credit repair agencies that are promising to wipe out debt and that's not what they're doing. So it's just a part of another piece of financial education is understanding the difference between like credit counseling and debt management plans and balance transfers. And then those companies that are offering credit repair that are just telling you to stop making payments and will settle your debt when essentially all they're doing is negotiating with collection agencies. So it's a lot of information and it's really scary, but finding that community where, you know, listening to podcasts like this and going on social media and, you know, reading blogs and and really understanding the difference could help you steer away from those type of situations. What do you mean calling to negotiate interest? Can you talk about who who can do that and and how you can do that and why that's a Yeah. Why are they doing so, this? Why why are they letting you do this? I mean, it's not something that happens every day, right? But if you are making on-time payments and you've had your card for a while and you have a really solid credit score, you could use that as a way to leverage the ability to pay 
lower the interest rate. So you can call your issuer and say, hey, I've been with you guys for six years. I've made on-time payments. I have a 750 credit score. Is there any way we could negotiate my this interest rate? Because this card is offering me 0% and I might go to that card. And so they might want to keep you as a customer and they might lower your interest rate. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So you're saying call like the insurance, but can you call like your credit card and say that? So that's what I was talking about. You can call oh. your credit card company and try to leverage your your good credit score, your on-time payments, how long you've had your relationship with this card as a way to lower your interest rate. It doesn't hurt to ask. If the first person says no, call up and you know, hang up and call back. But you could say, you know, there's a card that is offering me 0% and I'm thinking about moving with them, but I really want to stay with you. Is there a possibility you could lower this interest rate? Oh my God, I can hear my listeners' anxiety actually climbing. It's I can so hear scary. them be like, yeah, I'm, I can hear them going, I'm going to call someone and have a right. confrontation. I know. <laughs> I know, but we, you know, financial confidence is, is a thing, right? And it's like, you have to put your, I have to put my big girl pants on sometimes and make these calls. And I, I remember like when I was a coach, I would have to sit, my clients would be like, could you, could you do it for me? And I'm like, okay, let's do it together. So if you do not have that type of confidence, have a friend sit with you or maybe go get a coach. You know, there's so many nonprofits and organizations that offer free coaching, financial coaching. And those are the type of things that they can do. Keep help you build a game plan, create a budget, look at your credit report and take care of those things that are just intimidating sometimes. Yeah. If you need another person to help you, like don't don't, you know, feel bad about that. I feel like exactly. sometimes asking for help or th like you think, well, I should do this on my own or I don't know, like if that's silly or whatever, but like one doubling is a thing and it's very helpful for people who are neurodivergent. And two, like I sometimes when I want to send like a, a risky text message, I make my friend mm -hmm. sit next to me. Right. So yeah. like, can you type this for me? Can you do type that with it? Credit. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, it's hard for me sometimes because I want to hop on the line. Like if I'm hearing my friend sort of be like a little bit like not, you know, as strong as we had practiced. I want to be like, let me talk to them. But you just got to let them do it. You just got to <laughs> let them do it. I mean, OK, so with student loans, when you consolidate those, does that affect your credit score? 
And what happens when you pay them off? Does that affect your credit score? So the balance of your of your student loans is not what impacts your score. It's your on-time payment. So however oh. you structure your student loans, that's not going to impact your score. Now, it might impact your score because if you consolidate them and your payment is extremely large and you can't handle it, and now you're missing payments, then yeah. But don't worry about the structure of the score or even how much or even how much you owe on your balances. Just make sure you're paying on time so you can get that credit. And if you pay off your student loans, does that affect your credit score? It does. It's just like any other trade line. You're getting rid of some of that that payment history. So you might see a small ding, but that small ding is something that I'll take as long as I don't have a balance with them, right? So it's just like, <sighs> it is a catch-22, but I would rather take a small hit to my score, five to 10 points, 20 points, than, you know, have to pay this debt every single month. Yeah, I know. You know, it's interesting. You were talking about looking at stuff online and there's a lot of these Reddit communities that are like obsessed with having a perfect credit score. Like oh, obsessed. Really? Oh my uh-huh. God. There's, yes, there's like, this whole community that's like, how do you have a perfect score? I must have a perfect score. Does that mm-hmm. really matter? <laughs> you know, I saw an article recently that said, like, once you get above like 780, it really doesn't matter anymore. Like you have excellent credit and you're going to be offered the best possible interest rates. But I think that like sometimes there's your upbringing and your emotion around money can cause you to feel that way. Because I do remember once I started my credit journey and I jumped into it. I was extreme. I was obsessed, just like these Reddit, <laughs> the people in the thread, because I was so scared of going back to having a bad score and have in mismanaging debt that I was completely obsessed with it. And I had to find a balance of like, OK, you cannot think about this all the time. And my worth is not tied to my credit score. So mm-hmm. sometimes I think there's this emotion that's tied with credit and your finances, and that could be what they're dealing with. Oh, absolutely. I mean, look, you're literally given a number for how well you're doing. That is devastating. That would be all I could. When I had like a little money, like I went through like a breakup. And when I had a little bit of money that I owed a friend, I was like, I woke up in the morning. That's what I thought about. I went to bed at night. I was thinking about the number, like the, the amount to which, like if I had a low credit score, I know I would just be thinking it would be in the back of my mind of I would be talking to a friend and in the back of my mind, I would hear the number like I that's that is how insidious all of this is like it is like it is like, hey, this this is the number that you are in life. This is how well you're doing in life. Here we go. It's out of it's 10. It's it's, you know, out of 10. Go. Right. And and think about the stress that was caused just owing your one friend People that have thousands of dollars in debt, it's keeping them up at night. I I had clients that had to go to therapy because of their money problems. Like Mm -hmm. it's it's very real and traumatizing. And we said, let's make this for for fun, (laughs) for fun and profit. I don't understand. Yeah. Are these bureaus making money? I don't I cannot speak on, you know, how they're making money. (laughs) I, I have no idea. I know that uh you know, cert, I think they are because you have to pay to have things reported. And that's why certain places don't report to all three credit bureaus because they don't want to pay. Right. So they'll only pick one credit bureau that will that it'll report to. But I am not sure if they're like this money machine. I'm not really sure about the operations part of it, but um, it is it is an unfair system sometimes. Jesus Christ. 
Okay, so if someone was just starting out or or if someone has debt, like anybody listening to this, like what are your mm-hmm. top two? I wish everybody knew this. Uh, like, please know this. <laughs> yeah. So the first thing is creating a budget. And it kind of seems like a dumb moment, but we talked about like how your finances can be extremely intimidating, right? So when you have to do a real deep dive into your budget and you need to account for all of your spending, it is so humbling to pull up your (laughs) bank statements and be like, oh, I thought I was only spending $200 on eating out. No, you're spending way more than that. And sometimes it's like, what was I doing there? It goes back to that sense of shame. Like, like, how could I mismanage my money in this way? So doing a deep dive into your budget, I would look at your statements like for the past three months, not just the past month, you really want to get an idea of how much you spend and account for every dollar. Categorize your spending, look at how much you spent, and then come up with a new figure for how much you are going to spend. I would say make sure that your finances are balanced. I don't want you to just pay your bills and work and go home. Do things that are still going to make you happy, right? But still prioritize your debt, your savings, your financial obligations. Um, Once you do that, create an action plan. So like a to-do list of everything that you need to do to be on track. This is a great way to monitor your progress and check things off. It'll keep you motivated, right? And if you do ever fall off from your financial situation, the toughest thing is like if your score tanks or you lose your job, right? How do I bounce back from that? Like, what do I do? It can be so overwhelming to try to find your way back to that and try to figure out the first thing to do. But if you go back to that action plan that you created, you already made a list and just jump back into it. That's really smart. That's I, that is a good takeaway for me who's extremely overwhelmed and just starts info dumping into a document. To be like, I don't know. What about all this? Yeah. Um, so yeah, having that organized when you're not in fight or flight is probably for the best. I love that. I actually have never heard it phrased that way. And it's like, yeah, make sure you're in a clear space to do this because when you are in a situation that's stressful and tough, you could just go back to that document like, hey, I was in a good place when I made this. So I think I know what I was talking about in yeah. that moment. Yeah. That's <laughs> amazing. It. Okay. So where can people find you and more about you? Yeah, so you can find me on LinkedIn under Monique White. Um, I do a lot of financial education videos with Self. So you can go on our YouTube channel. You can go to self.inc to get more financial and credit tips as well. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I had a great time. Oh, this is good. I feel like people don't know like anything about um, credit or like credit 101. Bad With Money with Gabe Shane Dunn is a production of Noted Bisexual. Produced by Melissa D. Montz and Diamond M. Print Productions. Edited by Diane King. Post-production sound by Coco Lorenz. And music by Mike Kaplan, Zach Sherwin, and Jack Dolgen, as sung by Sam Barbera. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.